Greetings, vloggers, bloggers, followers, and potters. Dustin here from Dust's Dynasty with this week's second half of this week's vlog. Today we're going to talk, we're going to continue our Forging Friendship series that we've been working on for the past, I believe, three weeks. We had a double feature last week because I didn't have much to vlog about otherwise. But today we, we had something else, so we did that, and you'll follow that. That's video 142, I believe. We're in video 143 of the whole of the Dustin's Dynasty history, but today we're on the, I believe, the fourth video of the Forging Friendships series that we're talking about forging friendships and relationships. Um, you know, it's very important to have these skills ready because, you know, many times autistic people aren't taught, you know, the skills that are, are they needed, they need to excel in, in friendships and, you know, in in relationships and friendships that you know it's it's not it's not their fault you know it's just you know it's just um you know it's just what is this what it is you know it's just you know it's just um it's just what it is and you know it's just sometimes you just gotta learn from it um it's it's just you know something something you have to do and something uh you know have to do so i'm going to read a little bit about why i'm so again i want to welcome you to my forging friendship series um uh, why i'm certainly no expert in i'm in my being in my mid-30s i do have some insight to share what it is about being in a relationship in the autistic community the intention is to share my insight and my knowledge of topics and relationships whether for dating or as a friend, that the of the common issues that autistics face today. So moving on. So today we're so moving into today's topic. Uh, sorry for the long rant in the beginning. I just want to get those points across because sometimes we we read this series and we don't know what we're actually talking about. So today I want to talk about boundaries, and boundaries is something I even struggle with. Um, I think it's a new term, but people think it's a new term and that, you know, it's part of thing, but being autistic, we really need to set boundaries when we're in a friendship relationship, any kind of exchange between two people on a one-on-one -on -one level. Um, those boundaries need to be established. They need to be established soon. Um, you know, as soon as you, you know, you're going to be a friend with this person, or it comes to fruition that you're going to be a friend with this person, these boundaries need to be, um, established and enforced and when they're not enforced you need to back down you need to say i'm not gonna you know i don't feel comfortable i don't want to do this i don't feel comfortable doing this and you know you have you and many times you know as, as we were in the other half about of the vlog about you know you know having to say no you know you don't have to do things you know you don't have to you don't have to give the things you don't have to you have the right to say no you have the right to feel safe you have to fit the right to privacy you have the right to all these things you know you don't have to fight these fights because somebody's coercing you into them so you know we're going to get to some points today of a um of what is a healthy uh boundary in a relationship uh versus an unhealthy boundary and um, I'm going to speak a little bit on that, each one of those, as we go through them. I just want to point out, I will include the file, uh, not the file, but I will include a link to the file where somebody included it with me on a, from, a, from an autism group on, on Facebook that I've been uh, using and understanding. So we're going to go ahead and get started. 
So, you know, when you, you, you are, you can sit, so the healthy boundary of this first one is you can say no or yes, and you're okay with it. And you, and, and you're okay when others say, say yes or no to something. Unhealthy was, you know, you, you, you can't say no um, because you're afraid of rejection or abandonment. And, you know, sometimes we have people that, that, that are, you know, have, have past traumas and past issues. And, you know, if that person isn't working for you, then, then if, they're, if they're not being healthy for you or, you know, if it's healthy, you know, they're, they're, they're accepting the word no. And they're accepting, you know, when you, you know, it's all on a consent basis, you know, even if they understand consent and, you know, as far as certain things. But if they can't take the word no, that's a big problem and a big, you know, big red flag that you need to get out of that, you know. And if you can't say no, that's, you know, that's something you need to work on because you're afraid of uh, rejection or abandonment. You want to, you're afraid of being abandoned or you're afraid of being rejected. And I know it hurts to be rejected and abandoned. But sometimes, you know, being rejected is is sometimes for your best benefit or maybe it's best for the other person. And it's hard to see that you're hurting that other person or you're being rough with that other person and it's destroying them or they can't be there for you. So, you know, you have a song, next one is you have a strong sense of identity and you respect yourself versus your identity consists of what others think of you want to be. And you are like a chameleon. And, you know, I don't want, you know, that's, you know, you have to define who you want to be in life. You don't, you have to, there has to be a separate balance between both parties. Um, you can't, you can't mold into this one unified team, at, you know, when it comes to a friendship or a relationship that it gets to the point where, you know, everything, you have to rely on each other to, to be codependent and co- cohabitate and co you know not even cohabitate but even co co-mingle or co-decide on something or be there for each other that's a very unhealthy and you know you know you have to always think about what the other person does it's not right and it's not healthy and it's it's not it's very you know habitual you know you expect a healthy way is expecting reciprocity and you share responsibilities again share is a good thing um you know unhealthy wise you have no balance in power or responsibility. You tend to be overly responsible or controlling and passive and dependent. And, you know, sometimes, you know, being dependent is, you know, not, you know, being naggy or being constantly uh, needy. And, you know, that's hurtful because that doesn't make it fair for the other side of the coin where, you know, it's... Um, it can be hurtful. It just hurts, and it's very taxing on that person, especially autistic people, because we we need our space too. And if you have a neurotypical interacting on the other side of an autistic person, who if you have a neurotypical needy person who is interacting with an autistic person, and all they want is need, need, need. The autistic person also needs their space to to be safe and to calm down and be in their calming space and be relaxing. And when you're doing that, it really hurts. Um, you know when the problem, the next one is, well, you know when the problem is yours and when it belongs to someone else. And for me, that's hard to, to tell, but you know, and you take, you know, and sometimes, you know, I wanna buy into other people's problems, but 
but you want and you want to fix people's problems. And that's very unhealthy. So just be aware of that you know that's a unhealthy boundary to fix. You can't be a problem fixer and you can't take on other people's problems. You won't get anywhere. You need to work. You know you need to know what 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 is yours and what you need to own, and what you know what you can manage. Um, you need to share a healthy boundary is sharing personal information gradually in a mutually sharing, trusting relationship. Trust is a big pillar of a relationship, folks. Um, yeah, especially with autistics, because we tend to share too much. And so that kind of throws us off a bit. But um, we have to be careful with what we share, especially you know, with all the nuances of social media and the ability to connect to the World Wide Web these days. And I know I'm talking like I'm old, but I'm in my 30s. And, you know, I remember being a teenager in school and, you know, you didn't share and the Internet just came out. But we didn't we didn't have the things like Facebook and Twitter. They were not part of that. But I can't even imagine if they were. So we got to be very cautious about what we're sharing, what we're putting as relationship statuses. Uh, what we're what we're taking pictures of, what we're sharing pictures of, what we're tagging people in, those kind of things. Um, a disadvantage or an unhealthy way is you're sharing that too soon before establishing that trust. Again, I want to say that trust is a big pillar. You got to have that trust. If you don't have that trust, you're you're nowhere. Um, you you do not tolerate abuse or disrespect. But on the other token, you you have a high tolerance of abuse and being treated with disrespect. Um, if somebody you know doesn't, if if you ask to, uh, if you ask for time away, and you know you don't get that request honored, or you don't ask to be in your space, and I hate to say it sucks, space is like the big example, but that's something that I've had issues with. I've had issues with people being needy, and you know sometimes you know having not having being able to be yourself because autistic people need time to unwind and that's specifically for the autism community because you know autistic people need to unwind and get in their space and work and process their thoughts and recharge but if that person if that other party is not allowing you to recharge and not giving you your space that's a red flag you know it's just it's just not right you know you have your own needs, wants, and feelings. You communicate them clearly. And I, I've tried that, and sometimes it gets through, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, your wants, needs, and feelings are secondary to others, sometimes determined by others. So people think what you're going to do or how you're going to be clamped down to something. And, you know, that's not healthy. That's really not. Um, you are committed and responsible for exploring and nurturing your full potential as a healthy reason versus you ignore your inner voice. You just say, oh, they'll do it again. You know, oh, he's just doing that or she's or they're doing that. And, you know, and you allow others expectations to define what potential you really have. You you stoop down to that lower level and you don't you don't allow yourself to grow and you don't allow yourself to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I think for me to see where I've had to get out of things was I had to be fully medicated and I had to be fully medicated to where I had a sound mind for a long time and where I knew I was, I was okay. And I could, I could be myself. I could be who I wanted to be and not be hyper and think of who I really wasn't or who I really didn't want to 
perceive myself as, you know, and what values I wanted to perceive myself as. Um, you know, I, I was living these very um, invalid values that had, you know, I don't, I still to this day don't think I know why I did those things or how I did those things. And I don't even think I could explain those things properly. But now that I, you know, I understand that I've lived my three year rum spring out of whatever I was doing, because I was trying to seek approval or trying to hide from reality that was really striking me at the time. And, and oh, I missed COVID-19 and I'm, you know, and, and issues with my first home. And now I'm finally on my feet for at least a year now and finally just starting to be, now I'm gonna say 40 days I've been taking my medicine regularly and that's good enough. But, you know, sometimes I just feel like, you know, sometimes I feel I was not living the expectation that I knew I wanted personally and the positivity that I wanted. And it may not even be the same kind of positivity from other people, but you know that your positivity outweighs what you know what they want or what they need, and it's and you, know, and you have to and it kind of raised a red flag for me to say that was unhealthy. You know, you know, you don't see the potential that you have. You stoop down to that lower potential. Um, a healthy way of that is segueing into another healthy way is being um, responsible for your happiness and fulfillment. You. Uh, or you allow others to be responsible for their own happiness. You don't have to entertain them, basically. Um, you feel response. Sometimes you feel responsible. A negative way of that of that seg of that coin is you feel responsible for others' happiness and fulfillment. And sometimes rely on relationships to create that for you. I think sometimes other people have that, and they don't see that as being unhealthy. But if you see that, you need to back away and you need to, to see, focus on what you need to focus on for you. And, you know, you can't, you have to make yourself happy. I live too long in being that negative. And I was probably with the way I was brought up. And that's probably, a whole, I have to delve into that more for my video, my, a video I want to do on that before the end of the year. But I, I see that, you know, sometimes, you know, I think we don't, we we don't think we can we deserve those things and we do we 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 have to be responsible to be happy we have to put the effort in to be happy and glad um you know uh we value the next one in being healthy is value our opinions your opinions healthy and spin and instincts and feelings as much as we've are more than other people's opinions so you know is, is attending to the understanding of what what the hell and healthy side of that is you you don't you want to feel the feelings of others and you really rely on others opinions feelings and you become gullible and that's a very bad trait that the autistic community has it's not a bad trait i want to want to say it's a bad trait correct me please i want to say you know it's a it's a trait that causes us to get into a, a very situations and i've been a victim of that myself it causes very, um, very illicit situations that are very hurtful and can cause a lot of problems because we, we, we seek that attention and we seek that, we want that person to be happy with us, but it's not healthy for us because it's always someone is making, is making us miserable in the process many times. And we, but we should feel what we want to feel. We should we should feel what we want to have the same matters and we should have our feelings be validated for ourselves 
and we shouldn't have to seek the validation of others for them to be happy for us to be happy uh you you have to know and respect your limits that's a healthy way if it's not if you're not respecting you you know if you allow others set the set your limits you know in order to please them or try to uh or try to define the limits for you know others you know that's it's a red flag you just can't do that i mean you have to know what your limits are you have to set your limits you have to set the bar you have to set your values you can't have anybody else do that for you um you have to know when you're tolerant as an autistic person you have to know what your tolerance is and you have to know when enough is enough and i did do a blog post on that yesterday but you have to know when enough is enough when you just can't handle anymore and in a relationship or a friendship you have to know when to say no and i'm sorry if you have to say no and you know that person just keeps trying to push 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 then you just gotta let it go um you're able to ask help is a healthy way versus you know you fear you feel that asking help is a sign of weakness and you want to avoid it and sometimes i have to learn that i'm the stronger person in that and autistic people are oftentimes afraid to ask for help because they want to they fear that, that they're wrong and uh, you know when, when we're in that ill state of mind or that wrong state of mind we don't want to be told we did something wrong or it wasn't our fault and you know sometimes i have to commend my mother and, and i know she probably watch this video but you know, for her to tell you know when things are when things I have to solve my own problems, I can't you know. If I need help, I ask for it. But if I I need to ask for advice, it's a third party or something that that is it biased to the situation, so that I can you know. And I know I need to ask for help. And you know, until recently, you know, reaching out was a hard thing for me, and it is for many autistics too. But, you know, reaching out was one of the godsends for me because I, I see things through other people's eyes that I wouldn't see otherwise. And I probably wouldn't be doing this video right now because of that. And, and I have to say thank you to those people. Um, the next, the last one is, the last set is the healthy way is you don't compromise values or integrity to avoid rejection or adversity. So true. Um, you shouldn't... Um, compromise your values or what you want to your integrity as a person to avoid rejection you shouldn't you know you don't want to i mean yeah rejection is going to happen it's part of life people get rejected it's a part of life um you compromise something the unhealthy way of that is you're compromising your values and beliefs to please others and avoid conflict and you know i have a struggle with that but you know i'm fighting it you know and that's the thing you have to fight it and you have to come to a healthy term to not avoid you're going to have conflict no matter where you go in life and you know you're going to have to face the, their your your music wherever you go so that it you know and you're going to have problems and it's, you're just going to have to face them or you're going to be hurting more and more and more so with that, I want to thank you for that. Um, if I didn't mention already in the, in the first half of the vlog, but this is the second video, um, it's a library in our hometown. It was built by uh, industrialist Andrew Carnegie. He built several libraries, um, not only in Pennsylvania, but across the states. And he was very, and this one specifically was uh, built in the early 1900s and is still in use as a library today, although COVID has limited its hours. It's, um, it's a beautiful building. It has a beautiful auditorium on the second floor, but it's on the Nationalist Register of Historic Places. And uh, I'll include that information as well on the 
videos. I want to thank you for listening. If you liked what I talked about and have any suggestions, uh, please give that a thumbs up. If you thought I was too wordy or too much content, put the thumbs down. Um, if you need to tap notification bell, tap that for no more videos on this series. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the channel. If you want to leave a comment, I do read the comments. They come into my inbox. So if you want to leave a comment about something maybe I'm not covering in this series that you would like covered or um, just anything in general, I'm open to comments. Um, I do read them. Uh, so be sure to follow, like, follow, to like and like on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dustin's Dynasty. Visit me on the web at DustinsDynastyUSA.com. Also, uh, I'm on Pinterest and TikTok at DustinsDynastyASD. Um, I also stream this. This vlog will be streamed on a on a podcast, and well, as well the blogs that I write every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday on uh, many streaming platforms, including Spotify at Dustin's Dynasty ASD. I want to thank you for listening. Have a happy Thanksgiving if you uh, hear this before Thanksgiving, and we'll catch up with you next week. Thank you, and have a good day.